Good morning. It's my privilege to read a, a message that's been crafted from the elders just to kind of jumpstart us as we start this new year, particularly uh, with this new series of lessons and our week of prayer. I'm going to read for you at this time. As the shepherds of this church, we believe it is important that we be crystal clear about our mission as a church. Our mission determines our emphasis, our direction, and our decisions. It, is also, uh, it also brings unity around what is important. That's why we've asked Buddy to preach this series to clearly state God's vision for his church. Alongside this, we want to encourage you to participate in a special training that is called Vision Action on Wednesday nights this month. This is where we will be equipped to fulfill God's vision. Also, we will be reorganizing small groups this month, and we ask for your wholehearted participation. We are a small group church, and if you choose not to participate, we believe you're missing out on a great opportunity for spiritual growth and community. As shepherds, we believe that the small group setting is critical for making disciples of Christ. We encourage you to pray about starting a new small group so we can reach and disciple more people. All of this begins this week during our week of prayer. We know that we cannot fulfill God's vision for our church without His power. And of course, we tap into that power through prayer. Please join us for our church prayer gatherings tonight and Wednesday night and pray throughout the week through the prayer guide, uh, daily prayer guide that you will receive today. Great things happen when God's people pray. Let us pray together. Our Father in heaven, as we come together this morning, we pray that you would renew our spirits. As we move into the new year 2020, we pray that you'd be with us, that you'd bless us, that you'd bless our efforts to serve you better and to love you more, to be the kind of people that you'd have us to be in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our, in our workplaces, in our schools. Lord, we pray that you would bless us as we start again our small groups together. Help us, Lord, to have the will to come together in those groups and to uh, learn better how to serve you and how to love you and how to love each other. Lord, we pray for the mission at the Landmark Church. We pray, Lord, that we truly could lead people into a growing relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ. That you would give us the influence that we need to make an impact, to have an impact on those who need you most. Lord, that you would strengthen each believer. That again, that you would give us the will to be like your son. Because that's your will in us and not our own. Lord, we pray for the week of prayer that we have coming up. We pray that each would, uh, would participate in that so that we can as individuals, as individual members, grow closer to you. So that we can understand what your mission is for us. Lord, we want to be like you. We want to put self behind and to bring you to the, to the forefront of our lives in everything that we do. Lord, unite us in this mission. Lord, we know that you will bless us when we come together as one because you've promised you would. So as we 
move forward in the year 2020. Give us boldness in every place to look like you and to love you more and to love each other because those are the greatest commands of all. We pray in the Christ. Amen. I really appreciate our shepherds challenging us today and, and commissioning me to preach uh, what I need to preach this next month and a half. And I pray that I can fulfill their dreams of what we want to clearly, clearly state. Because it's so easy to forget what you're doing when you do it over and over again. And I want to start showing you a, a short little video clip from the 2018 NBA Finals. It's Golden State versus Cleveland. Cleveland's behind by one point. Uh, a Cleveland forward, George Hill, has been fouled. And he goes to foul line. He's made his first foul shot, and the score is tied. Watch what happens. J.R. Smith got the rebound. All he had to do is go up, and they won the finals. I instead, he dribbled out. If you keep watching the video, LeBron James is royally perturbed. He asked him why he's done this, and J.R. Smith said, I thought we were ahead. You see, if you want to win, you got to know the score. you got to know what's going on. And in organiz any organization, if you lead a school, you need to know the score. What are the grades? If you lead a business, you need to know if you're winning by the bottom line. If you're leading a a, a, a special organization in our community, you need to know if it's serving. And guys, even as a church, we've got to know the score. We've got to know what the win is. If not, we're going to embarrass ourselves and be doing what we don't need to be doing. You see, every organization fights what we're going to call today mission drift. You've probably heard of that. Mission Drift's the idea that over time, you forget what you're originally about. The, the most classic illustration of this is, is Harvard University. Catch this. You know what Harvard's like today. In 1636, its original motto was to Christ the glory. And its purpose statement was to train ministers of high moral character. Isn't that crazy? Because we get to the year 2020, and it doesn't even match at all. It's no wonder, because most organizations begin to have mission drift after about 10 years. They forget what they're about. You, you understand this, because you may have it in the next month. You, hopefully, this year, you've set some goals for yourself, some resolutions. But I guarantee you, by February, you've had some mission drift. So what do we need? What we're looking for today is crystal clear clarity. We want mission clarity. You know an organization that has that kind of clarity. I think a good uh, example is, in contrast to Harvard, is, is Chick-fil-A. I mean, interesting. Their theme is the same that Harvard was, to glorify God. And what's their statement? What's their vision? Is to have a positive influence on everybody who encounters Chick-fil-A. And you know that because their service is so good, my kids think they're fake, okay? They're like, man, nobody's really that kind and that nice, but man, I tell you what, after being at McDonald's, I'll take it any day, won't you? 
In fact, I think the great contrast today, how many of you have been keeping up with Popeye's new spicy chicken sandwich? Anybody else care about those things? Well, I care about it. Okay. Um, they've come up with a chicken sandwich that they want to compete. The whole first service knew about it. What's your problem? The, um, that they want to compete with Chick-fil-A. And I, I've been there, man, and I'll tell you, it's better than Chick-fil-A. But the problem is, it's still Popeye's service, okay? And you might go and they're out of it, and they're going to be rude to you while you're getting it. I hope none of you work at Popeye's, okay? Because you, you see, it's so important that you be focused. And as a church, guys, there's so much on the line. You just sang a song a moment ago that said, we are the hope of earth. That's the truth. Whether people are going to spend eternity with God or without God, whether our families and our marriages are going to stay together, whether our children and grandchildren keep following Jesus, whether the Christian faith is going to live on in America, it will be dependent on us catching Jesus' vision. So, he didn't leave us without it. One of his final words, he gave it to us. Go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 with me this morning. And I would like to ask you out of reverence for God's word to please stand as we read this passage. Listen closely to what Jesus is saying to us. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to a mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And the whole church said, Amen. Amen. Well, let's talk about this. Please be seated. The, the great challenge when you're preaching on verses this familiar is, is that it, it's so easy for us to get into verse like this and just got our preconceived ideas. And so I, wanna, I want us to go slowly. I want us to focus on some words in this passage. I would challenge you to start your new year by taking notes because these are going to be very important. And the first word I want you to notice is the word authority. Jesus claims to have authority. Now, this is pretty interesting because before this point in the Gospels, Jesus defers to his Father. I just do what the Father tells me to do. I just imitate the Father. But in this point, Jesus says, after my resurrection, some things have changed. I am the one with the authority. Now, throw in another word here. Not only authority, he has all authority. Now, that's pretty amazing considering what happened to him a few days before this. This man had been crucified in a terrible death as a common criminal. And now he's the one who stands and says, guess what? This is the guy that has all authority. I'm not just king of my people. I'm not just king of the church. I'm not just king of history. I'm not just king of this earth. I am king with all authority of the whole universe. Now, guys, when Jesus says that, you better listen. 
When Jesus stands up and says, all authority has been given to me, let me tell you what to do. We better listen. Now, the key word in this whole passage that everything else modifies is the word disciples. It's the word disciples. Now, I, I think we're uncomfortable with this word. At least our behavior shows it. We don't use the word disciples much. Now, I'll be honest with you. If someone asks me who I am and I'm trying to, to describe myself, I don't normally say I'm a disciple. I normally say I'm a Christian, you know. I'm somebody who's a part of the Landmark Church. I mean, I use some terms like that. Now, that's pretty backwards considering that the term Christian is only used three times in your New Testament, and the word disciple is used almost 300 times. That was the common way they referred to each other. Is a disciple. Now, what is a disciple? That's our challenge today. A disciple is a follower, an apprentice, someone who imitates somebody else. Now, for us, it's a foreign concept because we don't understand their education system. Disciple was not a spiritual word. It was the way they educated people. For instance, if you were to say, I'm a disciple of Plato, that meant more than you just went to a school building and sat in a lecture hall and listened to Plato. It was more than that. You actually moved in with Plato. You listened to him. You watched him. You imitated him. He taught you not for an hour in a classroom, but he taught you all day long. And I think we would all agree that's the world's greatest educational system. In fact, we still use it in really important jobs. Let me ask you a question. If you were about to have surgery, would you be okay with a doctor who had only been to classes? Oh, no. It, it, you know, you, you would consider, my, I love that AT&T commercial, you know? You know what I'm talking about when the doctor walks in the hospital room? He says, guess who's been reinstated? <laughs> you nervous? I am too. Ah, we'll get in there and we'll figure it out. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And that's what a doctor would be like who was not trained in some kind of apprenticeship. And guys, what Jesus is saying to us is that's what he wants us to be a part of. To be disciples, we've got to be, here's the key words, trained to follow. We've got to be trained. We, we got, it, I love what we're doing here. I love, but it's not going to train us. You see, guys, here's, here's where I end up. Here's, I think, where I, I'll leave you many Sundays. Okay, man, we need to do this and do this, and let's be, and, and you walk out these doors, and you're thinking what I'm thinking. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go to my neighbor. I'm going to go to my family, and I'm going to try harder, and it doesn't work. It, it's like if the NFL called you after last night and said, you know, Tom Brady is retiring. The Titans put a nail in his coffin. And so he's retiring, and, and we've been studying your body structure, the twitch of your muscles, your arm, and we actually think you've got everything it would take to be the next Tom Brady. Now, what are you going to do? Just lay around to next fall? And then just go out there on the field with the Patriots and try hard? You'll get smashed, right? No, if you really believe what they said, you're going to spend most moments between now and next fall being trained to do what your body could do. Without the training, you won't make it. And guys, if I could be candid here, I think the biggest thing missing among God's people today is that we do not train. We, we, we don't take people under someone's wing and say, this is what we can do. 
Guys, you see, a disciple is more than a good person. It's more than a moral person. It's more than a church member. See, guys, that's almost been our goal is let's have as many church members as we can. That is not what Jesus told us. In fact, I was watching a political ad yesterday, a really nice couple, and she's talking about her husband while we should vote for him. And she said in the ad, my husband is a church member. And then she said, that's what it's all about. No, it's not. Jesus has bigger plans for us than just being church members. That may be part of it, but that's not the whole. So bring us to this next word. We are to make disciples. Make. I mean, that's the word I've not, I've not noticed very much. We make them. You say, what, what's this church about? You know, what, what is this church supposed to produce? What should be the result of the work of this church? It's that we make, we train followers of Jesus Christ. We make disciples. So, he then tells us what we do. First of all, he says, you got to go. Now, when I read this, I normally think, well, I need to move somewhere else. No, that's, that's not what he's saying. The word literally in the Greek, the way it should be translated is, as you go. Here's what Jesus says. I know you're going. I want to change what you do while you're going. While you're going, make disciples. If you're going to follow Jesus, you follow him in making disciples. And then the next word, the next step is to baptize them. You baptize them into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the name simply means is you are surrendering to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the authority in your life. So, so you go, you're seeking to make disciples. When someone comes to a decision that they want to follow Jesus, you know how far they follow him? They follow him all the way into the waters of baptism. Just listen to me. If you want to follow Jesus, one thing Jesus did, we argue about baptism a lot, but here's the bottom line. Jesus was baptized. If I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to be baptized. Amen? So this morning, if you come here today and you've never been baptized and you want to follow Jesus, today's the day to do that. And then he says, after you've baptized, here's what you do, is you teach. All right? You begin to go out and you begin to teach them. And that, that's pretty important. Now, here, this is where I need to stop and do just a little bit of teaching here. So many times when we use the word disciple or discipleship, not only scared of it, but we misunderstand it. Most people, when I say, let's, let's go make disciples, we think that means to go evangelize. Now, let me say this. It does include evangelism, but that's not near the whole thing. You go and you share Jesus. They come to the decision. They're baptized. And then you're to continue to teach them. Okay? So discipleship, please get this with me. Discipleship's a broad term. It includes, we, we want to find new people, but it includes that every one of us, that's why our church mission statement says, we want to lead people. This applies to the first-time visitor today and the founding member. We want to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus. That's every one of us. So it, it starts there. But don't think Buddy's just preaching about evangelism today. I'm preaching about something bigger than that. I'm preaching about we continue to teach. Now, another word here that I've not noticed that I think is really important is that we teach to obey. I think that goes back to that training part. 
Because we've been big on information. And I, I love that. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. We teach and we teach and we teach. And that's good. And it's got its role. But Jesus says you've got to do more than just give out information. You've got to train someone to obey. It's like I get tickled watching some of you young parents because I was the same way when I was your age. You do a lot of teaching your children. Say, don't do this and you do that. You need to do this. You better do this. Why are you doing that? Please stop that. No, do different, do better, you know. Yes, and so, so you, you teach them, you know, and, and you, um, you, know, you, 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 you tell them over and over the right thing, and you uh, threaten them, and you, uh, you, know, you cry, and you're so frustrated. But you never enforce it. <laughs> you just threaten over and over again, and you wonder why your children don't obey you. Because you've got to teach them to obey it's not enough just to give them the right information. That won't change them. That's discipline, discipleship. You've got to have that. So as Christians, it's not enough for us just to give out good information. For you and I to be changed, we've got to have someone involved in our life to teach us to obey. And so that's what Jesus is saying. It takes to be a disciple. We want not information, but transformation. So I hope you get... Oh, and just, just look at those words, because those words are so important. Now, let me, let me just preach for a second before we move on. I'm afraid of this. In America today, in American Christianity, it's possible to be a Christian and not be a disciple. Because the, the word Christian, even though it's not used in the Bible much, is so overused in our culture, it, it's almost today a political term. And it, it, it's so used that it, it's, it's lost its punch. It, it's so been downgraded, you know, of what it means to be a Christian. We've dumbed it down. In fact, th- th- there was a survey done a few years ago asking people what the mission of the church is. That's what we're talking about today. What is the mission of the church? Here's the number one answer, not of non-believers, but of Christians. The mission of my church is to meet my needs and the needs of my family. That's pretty low. In fact, you know what we create when we do that? We create consumers. So it's my job to come here and critique what's going on. And it may excite me for a while, but the moment the excitement, you know, runs out, I'm out of here, you know, because I'm just watching to see what happens. And, you know, I'm here not to serve, not to be a disciple. I'm here to see how you can serve me. And we've created churches that end up being more consumers and not disciples. And we drifted from the mission of God. There's another survey by the Barna Group about us. It says the majority of Christians are unfamiliar with the Great Commission. No wonder we've drifted. If we've forgotten these key words from Jesus, we're going to drift. So that's why the elders have asked me, Let's, as we start a new year and a new decade, 2020, let's make sure we know what our mission is and what it's not. It's not about meeting your needs. It's not about just having great Sunday morning services. It's not about perpetuating our traditions. It's not about breaking our traditions. It's not even about teaching the Bible. It's about making disciples who are radical followers of Jesus. You say, how radical? We want to obey him in everything. Now, I want us to get a handle on this before I move on. 
So I want to show you a video. I uh, messaged all of our missionaries and asked them, tell me what the word disciple means in your culture, okay? And, and this is the best I can video where they talk about what the word disciple means in the I think you'll help us get a handle on this. Watch this. I mean, that, that we are, are the people, how we train each other is finding someone a little further in the journey. And, 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 and we follow them. And, and we follow them so closely that the dust of the rabbi, the teacher, begins to even cover us because we actually have people who get as bold as, Jesus, as, as the Apostle Paul who could say, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not perfect, but if you follow me, you're going toward Jesus. Because that's, that's the way people change. I love that picture of going from door to door, seeking people and following someone. So, let's throw in one more word on our screen. Two more words, actually. And, and this, this man makes it even bigger. We're to do this in all nations. Wow, it's challenging enough as it is. We're not called just to do this at Landmark. We're not called just to do this in the Tri-County area. We are called to be a part of reaching all nations. Why? Because as Paul said in 1 Timothy, God desires all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And that's why we're so fired up about this month leading to one month from today, February the 2nd, our Mission Sunday. We celebrate what God is helping us do around the world, and we get to be a part of making that happen. So be prepared for that. So you see all these words. This is what Jesus' vision of his church is. We are to make disciples of all nations. Now, let's close out with these words. What's going to happen when we catch this vision? When we have clarity as a church, and it's not fuzzy, okay? What's landmark about? Well, we do this, we do No, when we know what we're about, number one, it will determine our priorities. You know what I mean? When we're making decisions as a church, what we need to decide to do is we need to do what makes disciples. Now, Jesus did lots of other things. I mean, Jesus fed people. Jesus healed people. You know, Jesus befriended. But all of that was secondary to training disciples. And for us, we do a lot of things in church. But it all needs to be secondary as our shepherds make decisions for our church. The question's got to be, what's going to help us make and mature more disciples of Jesus Christ? Number two, it's going to drive us to our knees. I mean, just think about this crazy vision Jesus just said to us. I want you to make disciples of all nations. Can you do that? Can I do that? Could we do that? No way. But with God's power, we can. And that's where prayer comes on. I guess, okay, if, if, if you catch this vision, I catch this vision, and you take for real what Jesus is saying here, what it's going to do for you and I is we're not going to be okay we, we are going to be driven to our knees, and we're going to be saying, God, we want to do what you want us to do. We see your vision. we got to have your help. And, and that's why we're meeting tonight, and that's why you're called to pray all week, because we can't do this on our own. And then number three, it's going to force us to change. Because we've we got to look at what we're doing and go, is it accomplishing the goal? Insanity, you know the definition of insanity, is to continue to do the same things and expect different results. The missionary mindset is the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, 
I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. What are you saying, Paul? I don't change the gospel, but I adjust what I do. I'm willing to adjust my methods. I'm willing to adjust my styles to reach people. You know what's the problem with a lot of churches in America today? They won't change to reach lost people. And they're okay with it. And God's not okay with it. Number number three. Number four, it will unify us. You say, buddy, this isn't talk, thinking, doesn't sound like unity to me. Now, let me give you my opinion here. I think our churches are so divided because our vision is so low. Our vision has deteriorated to about church is to make me happy. And what church is about is me getting my preferences or you getting your preferences. And guess what? We'll never agree on that. And so we start fighting about nicky-nacky things that aren't even in the Bible and use those as dividing lines. And that's why churches split over and over again. But let me tell you this. If we will listen to Jesus and we will catch a vision bigger than you, bigger than me, a vision that's big enough to unite us, you know what? I don't want to get my way here. I might not even agree with you on this, but that's not a big deal. The big deal is making disciples, and that's what we're going to do. So listen to me, guys. Churches today are shedding children and grandchildren. And, and one of the reasons I believe is because we're not giving our kids something to die for. Because if the goal of this church is to keep the status quo. If all of us go, you know what, Landmark's about the best church I've ever been part of, and I love this church, and let's just keep things the way they are. My friends, nobody's going to give their life for the status quo. Nobody will do that. But if we give our kids something to live for, something to die for, a mission in their life, they'll do that. Because number five, it's going to ignite our passion. You know what we need today is we need some fired up people. There's enough dead churches. There's enough Christians that are sleepwalking. There's enough of us that are okay with the way things are when the world is going to hell. And what we need is a group of people that are so passionate about this. Why? Because we've been given a mission. I wake up every day. I go to school with a mission. I go to work with a mission. I walk my neighborhood with a mission. I walk in a store or the gym or a coffee shop saying, Lord, help me to connect with someone to make disciples. You see, that's going to make the difference. So, guys, this, this is big time. So, let me, let me just anticipate your pushback, because this is my pushback, because this is a bold thing. A couple things that I, I, I say. First of all, I think I'm unworthy. Don't you? I mean, to be bold enough to say, follow me as I follow Jesus? But can't, there's, there's something in these, these verses we study today that, that I missed so long. When they break out in worship of the resurrected Jesus, these 11 people that are going to change the world, some doubted. Isn't that crazy? And yet these 11 people are the reason that you and I are sitting here today because the work they did and they passed on and passed on and got to us. So guys, to fulfill this mission, you don't have to be perfect. In fact, God specializes in using weak people to be strong. And then the other excuse I'd have is not only I'm, I'm unworthy, man, I'm a sinner. You know, my, my life, my life's like your life. It's a mixture of faith and doubt. I can't tell you the amount of times I pray that prayer in the Gospels. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And God says, 
I can use that person. And the second we go, well, you know, I'm unable. I mean, this is, this is cool, but, but I don't know how to disciple someone, and I don't know what to do. And, and let me just go ahead and agree with you for a second. You are. I am. But here's what Jesus said at the end of this. I will be with you always. You are able because Jesus is with you. Every risky step you take, he'll be there. Every uncomfortable conversation you participate, he'll be there to give you words. Every situation where you've got to stretch yourself to be more like Jesus, he's right there alongside you. Every encounter where you and I need boldness to speak, he's there. Jesus is with us, and he is able, so we can be able. So I don't know if those those resonate with you, but listen to what Jesus said about those things. He uses people with doubts, and he promises if we'll get on this mission, he'll be with us every step of the way. So I want to ask you this morning, Have you experienced mission drift? I mean, there was a point in your life where it was crystal clear what you were about, crystal clear what the church was about. I'm not trying to downgrade the church, guys. The the church is God's instrument to pull this out. No other organization in the world has the mantle of the church. So don't, don't, but I'm telling you, the church has got to have the vision on right. And, and, and so often, you know, we're that organization. We don't mean to. We never come to a point we don't want to make disciples. I never shake my fist at God. I just, uh, the, the word's so perfect. I just slowly drift and get busy with what I'm doing and what we're doing. And before long, we forget what we're all about. Have you experienced that? You see, we can talk about it as a church, but probably more important today is, is individuals, because as individuals, we make up this church. And today, our challenge is for us to have 2020 clarity. And guys, sometimes we just have to admit this. It's one of my favorite television commercials of all time. In 2015, you remember Volkswagen was caught in the emissions test scandal. They, they were faking their emissions tests to get their cars on the road, have more power, when they really actually had less gas mileage. And they got caught and fined billions of dollars. Afterwards, their CEO came on and had this commercial, and I want you to hear what he said. It's spiritual. In fact, you could write these words on your response card today if you needed to. Here's what he said. In the darkness, we found the light. We lost ourselves for a little while, and we're coming back to who we are. Boy, hitting that right on. And that's my challenge to you and I and to this entire church is that we remember who we are and what we're about. And if we accomplish everything in the world and we don't make disciples, we have not accomplished what God wants us to accomplish. And so today, you know, if you're here today, you know, and you've never been baptized and you want to be a disciple of Jesus and you want to follow him in the water, we'll baptize you right here. Or if today you... You've been a disciple, but you've experienced the natural thing of mission drift. And today you want the church to pray for you to get that mission on straight and for you to have clarity and for us to have clarity together. That's what we're here for. And it all starts with prayer. If we could pray for you today, or if you want to be baptized, come meet me up here on this front row right now while we stand together and sing.